I'm your host Justin, and this is Impersonation Level 2. Hello, and welcome back to Impersonation Level 2. So, it's been a little while since I've done one of these, about two months or so, and the main reasoning for that is because the game that I was running using the Infinity RPG role-playing system is pretty much dead for right now. The campaign will probably not be picked up again either, I say right now, but... Usually, if something ends like that, it doesn't really ever come back. If I ever ran it again, it would be using a new group of people with a new storyline and all that good stuff. Because it would just be too hard to remember where he picked up and left off and all that kind of stuff. I was hoping to get through the entire scenario, but the last episode I had, I explained how that scenario would have ended, what things I had in mind, how I planned it out, all of that good stuff. So mainly we just had a new person join the group who is a good friend of ours. He's not interested in sci-fi settings or any of the kind of grim seriousness of Infinity role-playing, I guess. I mean, it doesn't really have to be grim or serious, but, you know, it is kind of a sci-fi altered carbon, you know, um, expanse, that kind of thing, where it's a little bit darker, um, which is funny because now we're playing Pathfinder and... The scenario we're doing is called Way of the Wicked, which is a campaign that came out a few years ago, and it's all about making evil characters and being, quote-unquote, as evil as you can be to take over a land that has already been won by the light. You know, all the good guys actually won, the heroes saved the day, the entire island is converted over to the light, and... Our characters are like the last remnants of the evil people on the island, and we're trying to get it back to evil, that kind of thing. So the idea is pretty fun. The campaign is actually planned out really, really well. It follows a lot of the general guidelines that I always follow for my campaigns that I've kind of discussed in previous episodes, where it's a lot of cause and reaction type of stuff, you know, with an overall goal set of this is going to happen by the end of the book, no matter what. This this thing is going to happen, and here's a whole bunch of things that the players can do to either make that thing good for them or bad for them, depending on their actions. So I think everybody should kind of have that type of general setup when it comes to role-playing. The main reason for it is you, you need to have a very clear start point and a very clear end point. I know a lot of people like to go with the Skyrim style of, you know, oh, well, there's a thousand side quests and I don't have anything planned, but here's a general idea and we're just going to role play it out and see where it goes. And that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, but if you want to have a much more rewarding experience in role-playing, you really need to have a end goal. You know, you, you don't have to kill the big bad guy by the end of the third session or anything, but you should have something very clear set up for the players as a goal. You know, if they want to get sidetracked, well, they're going to pay for it. And it's okay to be sidetracked a little bit, but that shouldn't be the basis of the entire campaign. Now, the main reason for that is, as a GM, it is impossible for you to plan for every single stipulation or every single thing that your players may or may not do, right? Um, you can have all of the random names ready. You can have all of the stats ready. You could have a whole bunch of extra monsters and NPCs and all these different ideas and stuff. Just to get that amount of stuff is already going to take a substantial amount of your time as a GM. 
you're not going to be able to get all that done in like 20 or 30 minutes. You know, we're, we're talking hours, maybe days. Um, once you've made, you know, a few spreadsheets, like I, I like to use Excel because I use it at work a lot. So I'll actually make, you know, as dorky as it sounds, I will make big spreadsheets of generic NPCs, generic um, monsters, notations, that kind of stuff, so that I have a good idea of where the campaign might go, that kind of thing. Uh, but even that still takes me a while to set up. You know, um, going on a randomname.org or whatever and get a bunch of random names. Those are all things that you have to mark down. Those are all things that you have to have. And you shouldn't burden yourself with another, you know, five or ten hours worth of work on the off chance that maybe they'll go do blank. You know, keep them on a very loose track you don't have to railroad the campaign you know people always complain about that like oh no matter what we do we just get railroaded into this or that now there should be a very clear end point though so in most cases if you're planning your campaign for we'll, we'll keep using infinity for this example um if you're planning your campaign there should be a very clear starting point and end point starting point is a does your party already know each other how did they all get together? That should be the first starting point. If it's a further session, they already know each other, you already know what's going on, that's fine. If it's the first session, you need to come up with a way for them to all either be in the same group or in the same area and find out why. You know, that's, that's something that always has to happen. And then they should have a set goal. You know, the goal could be like we had in the first um, the first scenario, in the, the first season that I did, which was... They were hired, their mercenary company was hired to find out about this silkworm drug and the different mafias and um, I believe it was the Kurgaz groups that control that area and if it actually is a drug, if they could market it. And then I had a bunch of little side missions for everybody. Now, as you know, that campaign went way off the rails as far as what the players were doing how they were doing it they split up the party multiple times they got a fixated on minor details that didn't matter um there was a lot of secrecy which is fine that's that's definitely a part of in the infinity universe but in the end they still completed the main task which was find out about this drug you know, destroy some of the buildings, kill some of the bad guys, collect loot, all of that good stuff. At no point did we have the main option of not doing something with that facility, right? If they wanted to completely ignore the facility and not do anything with the silkworm or any of that kind of stuff, then I probably would have ended the session and made something new based on wherever they had planned to go instead you know but their fallout would have been you know their mercenary company would have fired them they probably would have been hunted down because they still owed money and gear and you know without a mercenary affiliation uh some of the characters would have had the mafias after them because they were already in debt with other groups that kind of thing so that is pretty much how every campaign should be planned right you have a clear ending you know what's going to happen at the end what happens in between should be up to the players to role play 
You know, they should be able to make things easier or harder for themselves, but the goal is still going to be the same, right? So Way of the Wicked, one of the reasons I like it so much is every single book is set up like the way I set up a season. There's a clear end goal. You know, in the first book, you start out by escaping from prison, and the end goal is you need to help this army of gnolls take over a border city and fort. Okay, so those that's your start and that's your end point. So those are both the main parts of a season whenever you do a role playing game. I plan all mine the exact same. When we look back at the um, whole Silkworth thing, it was all the players are part of a mercenary company. They were hired to go investigate this place. End is do they investigate it? What do they find? And what are the consequences? Right? So same format. You should always have that format. Um, don't always try to cater to all of your players wanting to go do random shit because you will never be able to plan for it. But always have that structure. So going forward, I've decided to change the format of this show a little bit more. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more discussions like I just had where I talk about how to set up a campaign, what you should be looking for. It'll still be Infinity-focused. I will be using Infinity examples. However, I'm not going to be using the Infinity role-playing system if I can get another group going. Uh, I will be using the Genesis system made by Fantasy Flight Games. And I thought about it a lot. The main reason for that is the Infinity, Infinity RPG is really good i like it for the most part what i don't like is a lot of the number crunching and a lot of the weird instances that tend to happen when you get into hacking and other things like that i know that on the facebook page for the infinity rpg there's actually some charts that have been made and drawn up that help kind of clarify a lot of the bonuses and negatives and all of that kind of stuff and I think what makes it hard for me to play the role-playing game is I do play the Infinity Tabletop game a lot. And even though they're kind of similar in the fact that they use D20s, the crits, all of that kind of stuff, the fact is that I constantly overlap the rules. And when I play the Infinity RPG and I'm GMing it, I constantly mix up the Infinity tabletop rules with the RPG rules, and that causes a lot of problems. Going back, looking at a lot of my notes, I noticed that there was times where the players were getting much higher bonuses, I was getting less bonuses, or I should have gotten much higher bonuses in some cases. Uh, like A good example would be the time when Mark's character had it out with the killer hacker. In hindsight, after checking my notes and going over my notebook and everything else, the killer hacker should have had a lot more bonuses than he actually did. And in fact, I, I may have actually have had a good chance of killing Mark's character outright had I been running it correctly. But because I was constantly mixing it up with the tabletop game with, you know, what it is to hack through a firewall and all of that kind of stuff on top of what my skill bonuses were and everything, that was my mistake. And I noticed afterwards, because I, I like to write down my little notes and, and I have like little numbers and stuff that I put down, I noticed that I was 
kind of cheating myself with that killer hacker on quite a few rolls. Now, that's not to say the fight would have gone completely differently, but because I mixed up those rules, it did go vastly differently. And the more I thought about it, the more we mix up a lot of different rules, like for cover and other things like that. You know, in the RPG, cover is just a damage soak. It's not a negative to hit like it is on the tabletop and so on and so forth. So there's lots of little things like that. And it was just a little bit too complicated. It was really hard for my players to learn. And we just had a lot of time was spent of constantly going back and looking up for what the correct rule was or how to play something out correctly. And that was a lot of downtime. In all of our sessions, I'm going to say one-third to half of it was all about how we were just looking for the correct answers and how to correctly play something. So that's where I'm going to go with the Genesis system. I've played a lot of the star wars role-playing game i've been playing on a consistent campaign for about three years online with some really good friends and i've played a few times in person a lot of my normal group uh, that i play with in person doesn't really care for star wars so it hasn't been something that we play a lot but i am very familiar with the rules and with the genesis system the rules are basically the same you know there's a few nuances here and there but it's roughly the same dice roughly the same skill sets all of that kind of stuff and i prefer the fact that it is a role-playing system and more based on storytelling uh, when i was younger and first kind of dabbling in role-playing games and stuff like that well i say younger but you know it's like my early 20s i uh started with vampire the masquerade and that is a storytelling system if you're not familiar with it where Yes, you have stats. Yes, you have character sheets. Yes, you roll dice. But it's majority based on how you role play and interact with the other NPCs. You know, do you communicate with them efficiently? Do you address them correctly? Uh, there's a lot of backroom subterfuge, like that kind of stuff. And the Infinity Universe is perfect for that, right? The Infinity Universe is mostly the backdoor deals, behind-the-scenes, espionage, that kind of stuff. Occasionally, you have big firefights and things like that, and the system actually works really well for that, too, because it's a very cinematic system. So, you know, you roll the dice, you describe why these dice missed, why these dice hit. There, there's a way of actually doing the dice system in Genesis and Star Wars where... You roll the dice, and you have successes and failures and all that good stuff. If you pair up your dice, so let's say you had you know three successes and two failures that cancel out those successes, right? So you would pair up, okay, this success is canceled by this dice, this success is canceled by this dice, and then I have this success. And then you go down the list, okay? Uh, let's say I'm shooting at a target, and I roll three dice, and I've got two black dice, and I get that exact setup, right? Three hits and two misses, okay? So I pair them up, and I say, okay, I open up full auto on this guy, and, you know, I'm not ready for it. I just barely pull my gun out and maybe, you know, I pull the trigger a little bit too fast. And that first little burst, couple of rounds go a little bit wide. The second one I use to make him kind of take cover 
and I don't really hit him, but I hit around him, but he starts to die for cover, and that's what I'm expecting, and so I just uh, move the rifle down more on a full auto, so I basically get this whole stream, like you see in like an action movie, an anime, right? You know, the, the guy starts shooting, he hits the wall next to the hero or the bad guy, the hero or bad guy goes to dive behind something and gets hit, you know, as they're moving, or... Maybe they don't even get a chance to dive or whatever, you know. Maybe Punisher kicks down the door, he's got two assault rifles in his hands, and he just starts shooting like crazy, and there's a whole bunch of misses, but a couple of the shots hit, and they do damage, and that's all that really matters. But that's how you explain it, is by pairing up the dice like that. And it makes it more cinematic, right? It makes it more interesting, it makes your players more engaged, because they have to explain why they got this miss why they got this miss and then why that was a success you know that kind of thing same with like picking a lock if you got three successes and two failures and you only need one success to pick it you say you know well my character is really really good at this but his lock picks are a little bit older and he starts bantering and talking with the guy next to him he's not really paying attention his hand slips a couple of times that's why it fails but eventually he's like oh okay you know i actually got to pay attention to this and he changes his focus to the lock and he clicks it open you guys go in you know that kind of thing the more you can make your players engaged even with little stuff like that the more fun you're going to have as a group overall right because the more they feel engaged, the more they want to contribute, and the more fun you're going to have in general. It's kind of like if you, you play tabletop games, stuff like that. Uh, one of the things that we always do at my local communities is we talk between matches. We talk after matches. We have a little thing we call circle time where, you know, after the store closes, if we don't have to go home because our wives, girlfriends, slash significant others are you know, upset that we're staying out so late, we'll stand in a circle outside in the parking lot or we'll go and eat somewhere and we'll just chat and talk and everybody's engaged and everyone's having fun and it's that whole social experience, right? So the better mood you're in while you're playing, the better mood you're going to be in afterwards and it's that whole social aspect. That's the whole reason we're role-playing to begin with, okay? Like you can say, oh, well, I, I role-play because I don't fit in with groups or, you know, whatever that's bullshit you know you, you role play because it's social that's the whole point if, if you didn't want to be social you can play online video games or you can play single player games at home with nobody in the room you are being social by going to this group and playing these games that's the whole point of it so the more interaction you have the more fun you're going to have because you want to socialize. And the more interaction you have, the more socializing you do, etc., 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 right? You know, I don't want to repeat myself too much on it. So with storytelling systems like Genesis or Vampire the Masquerade, stuff like that, I find them to be easier for me to GM and a lot more fun because, one, it's easier to come up with monsters and stuff like that on the fly right if you've got your list of npc names you can have generic npc guy the stats are very simple they're very easy to roll like you don't even need to roll them up to be honest i mean you can just here's a new bad guy i want him to be slightly tougher than most i'll use these generic stat sets for like this minion group but then i'll slap on adversary level two and suddenly this guy who has the same stats as these little mooks or minions that everybody's been killing left and right now with that adversary because it upgrades the difficulty he has just become 
three times harder. You know, he's become a badass in his own right. And all I had to do was add in a couple levels of adversary. Okay. Now you got to be careful that you don't go overboard with that. But just adding one or two points in adversary is more than enough to make somebody really hardcore in that game. You know, it may not make them final boss level, but it will make for a memorable experience when your players are fighting him. Okay. Also, because of the storytelling aspect of it, it's easier for your players to roleplay with each other and their characters and background. And with the Infinity RPG, you are already going to have varied backgrounds, varied storylines, all of that kind of stuff. And they're all going to have their own little objectives and goals and stuff in mind. So that banter between players actually gives you a little bit of a rest as a GM. You know, you have the storyline played, but if they get into a tangent and like four or five of them are talking and they're engaging each other and they're going back and forth with banter and all that kind of stuff let them do it you know as long as it's not getting you know negative or upsetting or they're going out of character if they're all doing it in character they're all role-playing it out let them do that because one they're all having fun you know let them have fun enjoy it sit back your session may get longer by a half hour to an hour, but still call it when you need to call it. You'll just have more stuff prepared for the next time you play, right? And nobody's going to complain, oh man, we didn't get to go fight the things because we were all having fun. You know, if, if they complain about that, then it's, you know, probably lighthearted complaining. But, you know, if you've got the time, sure, let them fight afterwards. If you don't, you have that battle for them next time. And you will find out that your party is going to be much more focused on the objective next time. Because they want to make sure they get it done before the end of the session. Okay? And I've had this happen on my online games. I've had it happen in other games. Where all of my players will go on this, like, role-playing tangent. Right? They'll all start role-playing and interacting with each other or one or two NPCs. And it goes on and on and on and on. Next thing you know, we're like an hour in. And they haven't even left the main place yet. They've still just been talking and bantering the whole time. And they finally set out. and But we're, you know maybe we're only playing for three hours that day. And they only get about a quarter to half of it done. You know, I'll call the session. And the next time we start up, they're like, man, if we weren't talking around and BSing so long and role-playing so much, we could have killed that bad guy. Then they'll kill that bad guy. They'll all be focused the next time you come in because that's what they're going to want to do. They're going to want to focus on that bad guy. They're going to want to take him down. They're going to just, you know, drive through, get that done. And then afterwards, they're probably going to role-play and BS some more. So always encourage it. And that's what I like about the Genesis system. That's what I like about the Star Wars system by Fantasy Flight. It encourages that style of play. You know, it's the role playing, you know, the R O L E instead of role playing, R O L L. You know, did I max out my character right? Did I take the right feats? Did I take the right stats? Am I rolling the correct amount of dice for this encounter and did I count in all my bonuses and stuff like that? Like, I've never really been a fan of that number crunching. It's, it's actually one of the reasons I don't enjoy games like Pathfinder and stuff very much. I mean, I play them because I like the role-playing aspects. And even in the campaign that I'm playing in currently, which is the Way of the Wicked, because I'm actually a player in that, uh, when we get into combat and stuff like that, I kind of lose interest. I kind of phone it in. I don't really care all that much. But the last time we played, 
my character did a ton of role-playing. You know, I got this dwarf guy kicked out of town by pretending to be a racist against dwarves and inciting a fight and planting a knife on him, saying that he was attempted murder on this other guy. And that was really funny. And then not only that, but we went out to this alchemist's house to rob it and found this big old giant golem, flesh golem in the basement. Turns out it wasn't attached to the table like I thought it was. It came after me. I'm like, nope. Ran out of there. But it saw me climb up the ladder, so it figured out how to do that. I just booked it all the way to town. The townspeople, you know, it killed a bunch of townspeople. And the main heroes came to stop it. And when that happened, we assassinated one of the wizards. Right? So that was fun and exciting. But out of all of that, that was probably a good two to three hours of role-playing with only one combat at the end right so like the first part with the dwarf was my character inciting that dwarf in the bar and making him upset and just being a full racist about it and just every stereotype you can think of that's what my character was doing and it caused a fight in the bar as we got into the fight it wasn't me that he actually hit it was this other racist guy that i was edging on and then I just, you know, slide a hand, dropped a knife, yelled to the guards, oh no, the dwarf's got a knife, he's going to kill that guy. The guards come running in, they arrest us all, you know. I get off with a little bit of fine, the dwarf gets expelled from the city, which has good consequences for us for when we try to take over the city later because now that dwarf and his crew aren't going to be there. Now, my team actually uh, ambushed that group of dwarves outside of town and killed them anyways, but they had that ability to because I got the dwarves kicked out of town and my character spent the the rest of that time in jail. Then the next part was the robbery of the alchemist's house, which we did, and then we found a secret latch to a basement with a ladder. My character climbed down it. He saw the what he thought was a giant corpse, like Frankenstein's monster type of thing, on a table. I thought it was strapped down. Turns out it wasn't. Started to get up. I was like, nope not fighting that climbed up the ladder booked it out of there it saw me climb the ladder it does that then when it was fighting the heroes of the town my character saw an opportunity to basically assassinate one of the characters so we did that you know me and two other players in our group uh, just basically brutally murdered one of the heroes in the town and so that's one less person we have to deal with later. And almost all of that was role-playing. And that was fun for me. It was really exciting. Everybody was having a great time. When they did the ambush, it was a lot of rolling dice, getting upset because you roll like shit, or you know they have more damage than you thought they did and maybe the gm gets a couple lucky rolls and you know the gm has to fudge a few things here and there to make sure that you know the players don't just get one-shotted and all that other kind of stuff and that just kind of dragged on for like maybe about an hour a little bit longer than that and it wasn't really a lot of fun it was fun afterwards when they killed everything and they got to loot it it was like yay we did it but that could have gone south very easily with just a couple of different dice rolls right so that's why i want to use the genesis system because it encourages that role-playing style but that ambush fight could have been completely different and 
you don't really have to fudge a lot of things with the Genesis system. You know, you can you can roll a handful of dice, make make one of them an adversary or something, makes it more challenging, makes it more scary. But you don't run that risk of just killing a character outright unless you, the GM, want that to happen, right? In Pathfinder, you can accidentally kill a player. You can just do so much damage by just rolling the dice and following the rules that that player could die flat out. You know, even if the person attacking them wouldn't normally kill them, you could just do that. In Genesis, you normally don't have that happen. You know, it's really hard for a character to die. The one thing about the Genesis system that I like the most, as far as Infinity goes, is the critical injury results. Because in Infinity, there is a lot of characters that have cybernetic replacements, or they get new bodies in the form of a Lost, that kind of thing. So, you know, having a few criticals and getting like a robot arm or a robot leg... Or maybe you've got a lot of criticals and you just want to get rid of them, so you just download yourself into a new sleeve, right? You just get yourself a top-of-the-line Los, you save up for a while, you download yourself into it, you basically have a brand new character. You know, that, that's one of the things that I really like about that system and uh, just kind of enjoy that you don't always have to stress about it and the combat is simple enough that almost anybody can figure it out. There isn't tons and tons of stats to remember. There's just a few skills, that kind of thing. Now, for character creation, I actually am just using some of the basic stuff from the Genesis book. And there is also a Android Netrunner campaign that somebody named Coralli, K-O-R-L-A-L-L, put together with the help of some other people. And it already has a lot of stuff that you would just use for Infinity in general, right? Like character creation archetypes, they have like your average human, the laborer, athlete would be like a lost or something like that. Yeah, you have intellectual, street urchins, pushers, aristocrats, biodroids and clones you could even use depending on what faction you're with that kind of thing the careers all kind of mesh up fairly well with what you would get in infinity anyways you know they have like the generic things like um i don't know like infiltrator and doctor and um fixers and you know instead of a net runner you could just be a hacker you know pilots scoundrels um all, all that kind of stuff right so that already has pretty much everything you need in there and the setting is similar enough to infinity that you really don't even need to make that many changes on your own you can kind of just take that document and just go with it from there it also has a lot of skills that are already made up um, you know, things like corporate corporations, which you could definitely use for the Infinity Universe. Uh, they already have a lot of talents, like, um, you know, Grit and Swift and Coordinated Assault, Second Wind, all those kind of things. And you can always use a lot of them out of the Genesis book itself. The only thing that you might have to make some adjustments to, or that I'm going to make some adjustments to, is equipment. And in all honesty, I'm just going to rename a lot of stuff, right? And maybe give it like an extra bonus or something. And that's really easy to do. If you use the Android one that the people made, I mean, there's already a good list of weapons, both um, 
ranged weapons and heavy ranged weapons and melee weapons and grenades and all of that kind of stuff that you would already find in the infinity universe so you really don't even have to change a whole lot you know you can literally just have a combi rifle and just use the stats for an assault rifle and give it an automatic boost dice right because it's a two-handed rifle in the tabletop game rifles and combi rifles do the exact same amount of damage they have different range bands but they can both auto fire they can both well they can both suppressive fire you know in, in genesis terms it would be auto fire they both have the same range just the um bonuses for ranges are different which is where you would get that extra boost dice because you know the combi rifle is supposed to be assisted by your guys and all that kind of stuff so just say it's an assault rifle but it has an extra boost dice boom you have a combi rifle you know there's no need to get super complicated with it there's no need to um over analyze it or overthink it things like that are just you know basic things that you don't even have to worry that much about you know not only that but you could even have like a boarding shotgun just be a reskinned flechette launcher you know flechette launchers are big heavy duty things that shoot out lots of little things which is exactly what a boarding shotgun does it's a big giant shotgun that shoots out a big spread so those are all things that are really really easy to do i highly recommend getting that file i believe you can find it on the genesis uh facebook page and if i can find the actual link to the pdf i'll link it in the show notes as well so that's why the next time i play i, I plan to go with that system again it's because of the storytelling aspect it already fits fairly well with the infinity universe i've already played it in star wars and you know I, i've toyed around a little bit with genesis but haven't played a whole lot but since there's already a file made with you know probably 70 percent of the stuff you would ever need in infinity you just reskin it a little bit there's no reason not to and one of the things I do plan to keep from the Infinity RPG, though, is the character creation and just the background stuff, because I really love that. You know, it reminds me of the Traveler RPG system, but it's very Infinity-focused, and I love rolling on that chart and finding out randomly what happened to your character as it came up through the ranks or, you know, started from a child and grew up and all the things that happened to him. Like, I love that. And you could still use that section of the infinity rpg and translate it over into the genesis system with pretty much no needed extra work right because it's basically just giving you the background of your character your extra points can be uh converted into your um boons and the extra debt that you take on like your obligations like that kind of thing so it's all stuff that you can convert really easily in fact my next episode with this change in format is going to be i'm going to roll up a couple of characters uh in the infinity rpg i'm going to follow down the line get the full character background story made up explain how you can kind of connect the different things that you roll into a cohesive background story and how to generate a character like that i'll generate a couple of characters and then once they're already once they're all done i will explain how you convert them over to genesis and how simple it is so that you can run the characters that way but i'll also be explaining 
how to connect everything and how to come up with it. Because a lot of times I've, I've noticed that players will roll on the chart and they're like, oh, this was really funny because he used to work for Eugene and now he works for Panoceana and somehow he became a tag pilot when he's dumb as hell. You know, those kind of things. So I will basically go over how to explain how all those things come together. You know, and I'll basically write a little story for each of those characters. You know, it'll probably only be one or two characters, maybe three if I have time. But I want to try to keep these episodes to like 30, 45 minutes, that kind of time span, just because I'm a little limited on time and I don't want to repeat myself over and over. So that's what I'll be going over next time. If you have ideas that you want me to kind of discuss or go over, or you would like me to maybe come up with a background story for a character you've rolled up, just post on my Facebook page for Impersonation Level 2 Facebook and say, this is what I rolled, how would I make a character with that? And, you know, maybe I'll try to go over it in a, in a future episode. Or if you want advice on how to run your campaign or what things you could do or what your players have done that have really gone off rails, just let me know and I will, I will try to do my best to address it and, and come up with ways to help you out. So, with that being said, that'll be the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to try to go back to my monthly schedule of releasing once a month on the 5th. I don't know how well that's going to work out, but we'll see. And hopefully I don't dry up with content. So thank you again for listening and remember to have fun.